Life. I'm Dean Wilson. So glad you're with us. You can always find us at goodlifetelevision.org. Many of you are from all around the world. We're grateful. Uh, we're, we welcome you. And we're sitting in Santa Barbara, California, but you're all over the place and you're part of us. And so we, we're, we're grateful. Uh, we're also on all the social media platforms. You can find us there. And one of the things on goodlifetelevision.org, you can also find some of the what we call power clips, some of the great moments from these wonderful guests doing wonderful things. We focus on the good, we're dwelling on the good, um, and so we're glad you're doing it with us. Uh, I'm really excited today uh, about my guests, uh, both with Claris Health and uh, Talitha Phillips has been the CEO for 20 years, we just talked about, and Nikki Woolsey is the program director. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming. 20 years. 20 years. Did you see yourself staying 20 years as the CEO when you started? No. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> not at all. How did, tell me a little bit about your, because I know you went with Pepperdine, right? Yeah. And, and, then, um, and then you got involved with this work pretty early on mm -hmm. in your career. So how did that happen? Yeah, I, so I first learned about Claris when I was at Pepperdine. Um, I went to um, a church one Sunday and saw an ad for one of the support groups that they were offering. So I actually started as a client that okay. went through um, one of their post-abortion support groups and um, got to know a little bit about Claris. They were very small at the time. It was just more of a little counseling center and um, loved, um, it was life-changing for me and thought, you know, maybe I'll give back in some way and volunteer. So graduated and volunteered a little here and there. And then um, the position for director opened up and they really pursued me. So no, I this was really? not in the plans for me at all. I ran from them every time I'd see them and they'd say, that position's still open and we think you should be the director. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have Pepperdine loans and all these um, plans for the future. But it all um, ended up sort of working out and eventually I surrendered yeah. and said yes. And wow. here we are. Wow. And for those that don't know, I should introduce it at the beginning, but Claris Health is a nonprofit organization in Los Angeles, California, uh, focused on providing no or low-cost medical services for families, focusing on perinatal care. Is that did I get that right? Yeah, medical is one of the main services, but we actually do medical counseling and support services okay. for pregnant women and then families with kids under five. So it's a pretty okay. comprehensive, holistic model really looking at the physical but also emotional and spiritual needs of every person that we serve wow oh, yeah. and nikki tell me about your role i know you're you're heavily involved in the parenting mm -hmm. portion but tell me a little bit about what you do yeah so i run our parenting support program and i sort of fell into it as well was not really thinking about doing that but uh just worked out that way and now i can't imagine doing anything else um, but basically we have all sorts of parenting classes that families can access either Zoom or in person. So we help them out just with a base of education and, and learning about you know, how we can be better parents. So yeah. I'm teaching myself every day. And then also just the one-on-one -on -one emotional support. And then we also help them out with material things like diapers and wipes and cribs and car seats. And so I get to kind of play Santa a little bit, too, which is nice. wonderful. <laughs> yeah. You know, parenting is the most important job, I think, that we have. Mm -hmm. And there's no manual. Nope. This just happens and it's like, kind of like part of life. And all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're a parent. I remember the first time I looked at the baby and said, 
I'm responsible for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a sobering moment, but it's great the, to, to provide the support for people because it's a big job. Yeah, and so many of our clients, like, they haven't come from maybe a supportive family background. And so for them, learning about what it means to be a good parent is a completely new concept to them. And even when you do know, you know, it's so helpful to continue to find out information so that, you know, we can always improve yes. instead of just saying, oh, I, I've got this, I figured out this parenting thing, you know, but right. really just taking hold of all the information that you can. What, what have you found is kind of the need in this space that you're in? So you're in Los Angeles, you're doing, you've been at this a long time. Yeah. What is the need, would you say? I think one of the things that makes LA possibly unique is just the number of people who feel alone in a big city like Los Angeles. Mm. And, you know, many people are transplants from other parts of the country and others grew up there, but you know, it's such a big city. So there's, you know, for some it's a financial need. You know, we serve a high, low income population. So we have a, a facility in South LA and Linwood and by Compton and then in West LA. And even though the communities are very different, you realize that something like parenting or facing an unintended pregnancy really unifies us and that the emotions that you feel are very similar, whether you are married and have, you know, financial means or you're single and young and alone, all of us often feel ill-equipped in that moment or wondering if we are doing the right thing or if we know what we're doing. And so I think, you know, isolation, I think a lot of people feel very alone. I think there's just the community aspect that when we parent knowing that there are others in that space with us, we mm -hmm. tend to have to bounce ideas off each other. I think mentorship for a lot of people, having someone to, like a mom that you would ask, questions to um, and then a lot of people who come to us are really in that decision-making moment they don't know what they're gonna do they're feeling like maybe they can't parent and so then we provide this um, opportunity to explore all of their options so they don't feel trapped or feel wow. like they only have one option or feel like they can't do it that we really sit down and look at the pros and cons of each option where they're sort of walking through that themselves and making a decision that ultimately they own and they're happy about and then we're saying look we're going to rally around you and love you regardless of what you choose but we also have all this support for you so that you don't have to do that alone wow um, so it could be adoption support we have a a network where if somebody chooses adoption we walk alongside with that birth mom and post-abortion same thing we don't provide terminations but we have support groups for people afterwards if they want to come and process and heal from that um, and then the parenting we're in it for at least the first five years, if not, um, if not often more. So, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And you actually have class, like parenting courses or classes. Yeah, yeah, and one, actually one of the courses that we offer is a court mandated course. So, and that one doesn't have any age restrictions. So I actually met with a mom who had two 35 year old twins, but she had an open case from back in the day and she was just determined to finish it out and see it through and so she did so any anyone can access that class and typically it costs money to take a class like that and usually you know you're in that position where that's not convenient to pay that you know hundreds right. of dollars for that so we're able to provide it for free and it's just it's incredible particularly when we're offering it with other community agencies and watching people just really transform their lives 
it's so inspirational. It's yeah. it's one of my favorite classes to teach. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, the, I was reading some of the some of this interview with you that somebody else did, but uh, and and you know the whole issue surrounding reproductive rights and so forth can be a big fight. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, yeah. and what I was hearing from you and what I'm seeing from you is that you're really about the compassion. Put aside, you know, the choice you make. For the for the time being, let's focus on this is a person, yes. you know whatever whatever, and I think sometimes that can get lost in this in the in the fighting, mm -hmm. that these are this is a real person, this is a difficult position, and to have that heart of compassion, I really admire that about you guys, and what you're doing. I think we need more of that. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that even just terms are so polarizing, whether it's pro-choice versus pro-life, or it's often pitting the woman against the child and saying one one group elevates the life of the child and one group elevates the life of the mom and I think we're trying to say no 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 all all of these lives are incredibly important and but the woman is usually sitting in front of us or yeah. the guy the partner is in front of us and that's who we're called to care for in that moment mm -hmm. and then hopefully you care for them really well and that impacts their family but it really is bringing the humanity to this and getting rid of yeah. the you know whether it's the you know whether it's the political debate or even just the you know just perceptions in society and yeah. just saying look these are people and their situations are valid and their struggle is valid yeah and we need to focus on how can we help them so that they grow through this and it's not so much about the outcome of their decision but it's about that journey right. that is where real transformation yeah. in the journey yes yeah. so they're not alone yeah that's powerful exactly. yeah um, I, I was fascinated to read a little bit of, of your thoughts on leadership. Ooh, I want to ask you about leadership. Sure. Um, and, and being 20 years in, as a CEO, I think is, is you probably learned a lot. Um, if you were, if you had a conversation with your 20 years ago self yeah. about this role in leading an organization like this that I've found and I think it's true that when you're doing something of meaning you take a little incoming you know there's it's it can be a fight at times it can be a struggle because I think that that's just the way it is if, if you're not doing anything you know that matters then it can be kind of smooth sailing but when you get into the some of this powerful work with people that you can you can take some incoming you can what would you say to your 20 year ago new CEO self? <laughs> Such a good question. Um, buckle up. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's it's funny when people ask me about leadership because I I don't know that when you're in it that you're feeling like I'm growing as a leader, right? You're just sort of getting up every day. I think the probably the most meaningful lessons have been learned through mistakes and realizing that I think I kind of feel called to just be a sponge and sort of absorbing and we are um, Nikki can attest we everything we do afterwards we tend to take inventory of like what went well and what can we do better and I think that I would I probably would tell my 20 year old self like, you're never going to 
be perfect or arrive at this perfect leadership, but stay humble enough to continue to learn from all your mistakes. And then one thing I've learned is just surround yourself with people that are smarter than you and know more than you and really lean into that because I feel like it can be leadership can be a, a very lonely place like a lot of what our clients are learning it's hard and sometimes that you know you're the leader you know more than anyone else knows right. you sometimes know that the way the situation appears is not true but you have to sort of walk through that and I think it can get lonely it can get exhausting I mean, there's definitely been moments where I've been tempted to run away or burn out and I do feel that because it's a calling and I think I also I I would say to myself and I do make a conscious effort to stay very connected to the people we serve. So I don't think I'd be in this role still if I did it from, you know, all I did was write grants and raise money and plan events. Like I wouldn't do this. It's that I'm still holding babies and in the delivery room and you know sitting with somebody that had an abortion and is struggling and wants to talk. So staying there renews my passion for what we're doing because I'm still seeing the lives that are changing and coming to Nikki's classes and realizing, gosh, we are really making a difference. And it's not me, it's these amazing people that I'm surrounded with, but that's what keeps me. I will say, I will interject about her leadership, um, that I think the thing that makes her so amazing is because she is there on the ground and she never, separates herself from that in a way that you know oh I don't want to be involved down there she doesn't do that at all and she's so hands-on and there's absolutely nothing that she is asking you to do that she's not already doing herself you know and wouldn't do and I think that's really incredible because I think you get to a certain level and you say oh well you know I don't I don't do that anymore I'm not gonna clean that toilet because it needs to get cleaned like oh no she'll be the first one down there going actually that's not right I'm gonna clean that up you know but I think that's incredible because there's nothing she's not willing to to do or to tackle that's great yeah Uh, that's funny you said it that way what you said about the sponge because you just took me back to Westmont College 25 years ago when I was, there was a director of leadership development, his name Jim Halverson, who, if he's, he may be watching. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that he, he talked about leadership the exact way you just mm-hmm. did. He said, when you're a leader, you're a sponge and you absorb other people's pain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at the time, I'm like, okay, I was looking for something a little bit more practical, yeah. but you know, but it's so true. And, and I think that that's, um, that can be very powerful when a leader. So it's funny you describe it that way. But anyway, for yeah. what it's worth, um, so people who are in need, how do they? What's the entry process here? How do they enter? How do they become clients or get involved with you guys? What's the process? Yeah, I mean, we have so many different entry points, and um, I think that's you know when when I started we were so small it was mostly like word of mouth or they would you know find us on the the old internet you know or <laughs> the pre google and social and all that so but now it really they might be referred so we have about 240 community partners that we work with so a lot of patients or clients are referred from another agency that they go to word of mouth, friends, referring friends, and then the internet. So many people just Googling for help or going on to Yelp and then finding us that way. And there's different programs they can enter. So medical, they might come because they think they might be pregnant and they want a pregnancy test. They might come because they already know they're pregnant and they want verification or 
they want an STD test or they are assigned court mandated parenting classes and they come for court mandated classes and then they think they might be pregnant and they transition over uh, to the clinic and we offer therapy so we have ongoing professional counseling so some people find that and then we're very much trying to help them access more than one program so that they you know if you're coming to us for parenting classes you probably also need maybe you need some counseling or right. maybe you're coming for medical but then you're going to need the adoption support or whatever right. it is so right. yeah so there can be multifaceted mm -hmm. things that they experience mm -hmm. once they're involved with you but they just call. They just call you. They call. You. They walk in. <laughs> they so walk we in. allow walk-ins. <laughs> okay. um, they can make an appointment online. They can text us. I mean, we have lots of different ways they can find us. Okay. So. Um, isn't adoption a wonderful thing? I mean, I, I've had some friends. For some reason, many of my classmates from college that mm -hmm. I was good buddies with have adopted. Mm -hmm. And, I, and it's, I'm not trying to paint it as this picture perfect. Uh, I know it's... In fact, a couple of them have had real challenges, but mm -hmm. but the beauty in it remains for me as I watch them grow. Like, what a wonderful thing adoption is. I mean, so that's part of what you guys are involved in? Yeah, so we don't facilitate adoptions. We work with an amazing organization that, so if somebody comes to us and they're interested in adoption, we're able to refer them to an organization called True Adopt, and they are more of a birth mom advocacy group. And then we okay. stay connected and walk them through that. But I um, I adopted, my youngest daughter was adopted. Oh, really? And yeah, and um, so we've walked through that. She's nine years old and wow. we have a very open adoption with her birth mom. So I would say, yes, it is the most wonderful thing. And it's also, it's also a very painful process for birth moms even though we have a very open adoption and she sees her on average once a month it's still there was a lot of pain there was yeah. loss of her what she thought her life would look like and you know seeing her daughter I think she's so happy she's in our home but it also is painful for her that she wasn't able to provide that so I love talking about adoption because I think we often talk about it from the adoptive parents perspective mm -hmm. but we forget there's another right. family i mean my right. daughter has another set of grandparents and right. two more sets of grandparents and uh, her birth mom and her birth father and we're still very connected and it's wow. it's great to tell the story but there's also been some hard yeah conversations and yeah but it's yeah, yeah we we love love wow. it yeah. how do you do you raise support do, do you find, um, I think that's probably part of your job, if I had to guess. So, so how do people support you? I mean, is it mostly individuals? Is it grants? Is it everything? All yes, of the above? it's almost entirely individually supported. Is it so, really? Yes, mostly individuals, either through monthly support, one-time gifts, or events. And then we do get some small foundation grants, and then a very small reimbursement from Medi-Cal for our prenatal program okay. so that's our only sort of state funding and I think it's less than one percent um, there are some churches that support financially and then Nikki's program gets a lot of you know non-cash support you want to share yes. a little bit yeah we work too. with a few different organizations that will get um, like corporate donations so you know Huggies will donate to wow. them a bunch of things and then they pass that out to their community partners and so that's 
just a huge blessing because then right. I can have brand new cribs and I can have brand new car seats and you know all sorts of things even things that just give dignity like cosmetics and mm -hmm. things like that so that people can feel special and I think as a parent sometimes you feel forgotten mm -hmm. and you know it's all about the child and the baby and blah 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 so you're kind of forgotten along that way and so it's really cool because we do get a lot of other kinds of donations and then we can give that to them to help them feel special and like their own unique human. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> we have a little slogan around here at the, at the, the Turner Foundation sponsors this program and um, and we, we came up with it the other day. We were, we, were, we were thinking, what is the kind of the heart of what we're trying to do? And it's lifting people up. Yeah. But hearing you guys talk, you really are lifting people up. And what a wonderful thing to do. So thank you. Thanks for what you've been, what you're doing, what you continue to do. Claris Health is the organization, a nonprofit. And thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Dean. See you next time.